How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Pop, aka the Preston Outdoors podcast. We got an exciting episode uh, here for you today. An episode and a subject that I've been wanting to touch on for a couple weeks. Timing wasn't right for my guest, Kent Middlestead, and I to get together and do this podcast episode, but also I wanted to go ahead and listen to a couple other podcasts and kind of dive into the subject a little bit more to kind of get a overall understanding of it and to see different points of view on before I came out with, with my point of view. My point of view really hasn't changed a whole lot. Um, we'll get into that today, and that is talking about the Bassmaster format that is uh, format changes that will be coming in 2023. If you guys don't follow professional or the opens uh, bass fishing realm, that kind of thing, we're going to dive into what the changes uh, are as the standings are right now and what they're changing uh, in the future. So also make sure you guys, if you're listening to this on iTunes, leave us a uh, recommendation or a thumbs up, thumbs down rating something like that i we have gotten a few more reviews on there and actually really fun to to uh, go ahead and read through there helps the podcast out also if you got a subject or something that you like or go ahead and share this podcast and let everybody know that we are talking about stuff we're gonna obviously we're doing more a little bit more consistency here uh things will start slowing down a little bit for travel for me and that kind of things and we'll be able to get these get these things done uh also make sure you check out all the Preston outdoor social medias from facebook instagram YouTube especially, and we got even got a little TikTok channel, got a couple of videos on there that are doing pretty well here in the last couple of weeks. But let's get our guest in here, and that is Mr. Kent Middlestead, and we're going to be talking about the changes that are coming next year for the Bassmaster Opens. All right, everybody, welcome back to the POP, a.k.a. the Preston Outdoors podcast. As I talked about before, our special guest here today is Mr. Kent Middlestead. Kent, thanks once again for hopping on the podcast. What is going on, man? I'm excited to be back on. Uh, for everybody listening on iTunes, you probably can't see this, but I'm pulling a full Matt Robertson right now. I got straight whitey tighties, and uh, you guys will have to check out the video for that, though. Oh, my gosh. What You can't... Uh... I was just going to say this is you should feel honored for being on the podcast <laughs> for two episodes in a row, and then you talk about the Matt Robertson thing. <laughs> If you guys don't know, go ahead and check out the Lake Oahe Bassmaster. Matt Robertson's got the old the Bass World stirred up for fishing in his whitey tighties uh, on live camera. So that's pretty. That's a pretty fitting uh, intro here, Kent. And no, he does not. He's got clothes on. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, dude, what's going on? We got. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we had a chance to get on here. We broke down um, our last tournaments on the podcast. Um, I kind of talked about some of my updates here is that I'm basically getting ready for the, for the next, for the next open. Um, but you actually had a, or, and I, I didn't even mention, we've had some Thursday night derbies that we've been fishing together. I didn't, I forgot, I neglected to mention that in the beginning. And then, uh, this, this podcast episode will probably come out, um, after our team tournament, but we we've got a, we've got a tournament of champions from our Thursday night derbies coming up here this weekend. Yeah, dude, we got on a little bit of a warm streak there. Had uh, a couple second place finishes in a row. I think we got the momentum rolling. We're going to swing into this eight hour tournament this weekend and hopefully catch some big ones. I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, we've talked about this before. Some of the lakes that we haven't fished and some of the locals have, I think it will be really exciting to see what we can do and put it instead of fishing just a three hour derby with limited practice or no practice at all. And then go ahead and then swing for a full eight hour tournament. I'm excited to see what, to see what happens, but you 
On the other hand, just got done fishing the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is it the Minnesota State Regional Tournament? Minnesota Bass Nation State Tournament. State so, Tournament, yeah, that's what it is. It's kind of the grassroots um, direction of, um, like, you can ultimately make it to the Classic and you can ultimately make the Bassmaster Elite Series through your local state Bass Nation um so that's kind of the goal in mind whenever i fish these um you have to go from your club tournaments to the state tournament from the state tournament to regionals and then from there to nationals and then that's when all the magic happens is if you're top three at nationals you make it to the bassmaster classic if you win nationals you get an invite to the elite series so it's a really long process it uh can start two years before nationals, depending on how your club's configured. Um, we qualify a year in advance. So whatever we did in our club last year qualified us to fish state this year. And then regionals for those who made it at state, which is unfortunately not me this year, uh, our next year. And then I think nationals are generally the same year as regionals so um anyway long process it's uh it's a really good route especially for the weekend guys guys that can't fish uh can't afford to fish all nine opens or don't have the time off to do something like that they still have a way to make the elite series and i think it's a really cool opportunity that i'm going to keep trying for every year and something that here in North Dakota, they do not have that option um, to do. There is something in the mix about the the Bass Nation team trail, and I'm not 100% sure if that, you know, does that end up get you to the classic still kind of thing, or is it a little bit different? Do you know anything about the team trail side of things? Yeah, the team trail, you, you, you fish your local team trail, so whether that's um, in Minnesota, there's a few that qualify. I think it's Am Bass. And then um, Minnesota Bass Team Series are a couple that I know of. There might be others. But then they go, so the top placing teams in those trails go straight to national championship. And then from that tournament, one person qualifies for the Classic, I believe. Correct okay. me if I'm wrong, but I think that's how it goes. There's no elite series qualification that route, uh, but there is a classic berth for sure, at least one. And like I said, that's just kicked off this year, the inaugural season for um, North Dakota, where Minnesota's got more of a bass established population of bass fishermen and women to actually go about that. So hopefully in the next couple of years is the team trail thing for me through the state of North Dakota, or even I've been trying to talk to them and see if there's some way to set up a singles, either, you know, boat or non-boater sort of thing through the state of North Dakota. I would like to try and, and do that as well. Even thought about doing it through Minnesota, just didn't get it able to work this year, but it's another, another way, like you talked about to make the elites, make the classic. And yes, it's twice as hard and takes, you know, way longer to do, but I think it's, it's definitely a sweet way to have a goal goal in mind to do that. But in, I would say going on to like, when this podcast comes out, probably the week after we're sitting out talking, I'll be on my way and you'll be gearing up. We'll be heading up to Maryland for the um, 
upper upper Chesapeake. We'll probably talk a little bit more about that here at the end of the the episode. But uh, are you excited for that one? Yeah, I'm super excited. You know, one of my I always say this one of my favorite things in the world out of anything is launching my boat in a brand new place somewhere completely foreign and just trying to break it down and figure it out. Um, you know, we we try and do all the research that we can to prepare ourselves for um, a new body of water. But it's amazing how you watch all this stuff on TV or YouTube or look at photos and um, you think you have an idea what it's going to be like, but the second you put your boat in the water, it's just like you, you've, you, you're forced to figure out so much more in a quick period of time. It's just like a really, I don't know how to explain it other than that. It's just a really cool experience. I love it. So yeah, super excited. Never been there before. Um, excited for the challenge of a tidal body of water, which I know, uh, I know you, you, I think you said this was your first experience this year on the James River. I've done the James River a couple times before, but also fairly limited experience on tidal bodies. So excited for that challenge as well. But yeah, super excited. I'm excited to just get back on another trip, um, you know, fishing around the house, doing the Thursday nighters. Thursday, like I said before, I've said it on my social media. It's my favorite night of the week when we can go down and fish together and actually get back competitively fishing, but I'm excited to just, you know, immerse myself and jump into, you know, being there for a week or so and just, just fishing, like trying to break it down. Like you said, half the time when you're talking about, it was funny. You mentioned it's fun to launch my boat in a new place, a new body of water. Half the time I find myself in these places doing something completely different than what I saw in the YouTube videos or in the chat boards and stuff like that. So you've got to, you've got to, for me, it's like, you got to understand what's been working there, but also like fit it to your own style and, and just see how it goes. Or in my case, maybe I should be listening to what they do in the YouTube videos because my opens experiences finishes haven't been as good, but I'm excited to get to get there. And, and like you said, just, just jump in and, and be fishing and not worried about anything else for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Fishing is so dynamic. I think it's always changing and, you know, you, you can do all the research and watch all the videos that are out there. And I think it's good to do your diligence and make sure that you are as prepared as you possibly can be, but to exactly line up the conditions and the way the fish are behaving once we're actually there, it just doesn't ever seem to happen. So we like I said, we try and do our best to be prepared as possible, but we're going to get, we're going to get uh, something unique for sure. hundred percent, hundred percent. So like I said, we kind of touched on the Chesapeake. What really is, and I wanted to get Kent on here and is talk about the rule changes. Kent's been fishing the opens for a couple, how many years have you been fishing as a boater now? Uh, four. Four years on the boater and you fished one year as a co-angler? Yeah, I think so. I might be overstating that. Maybe three years as a boater and one year as a co-angler. Somewhere right in there. Okay, so I did one tournament 2019, then two years 2020, 2021 as a co-angler. This is my first year as a as a boater. So um, tell it our path to the Elite Series. There's kind of three or four different options um, as of this year. Can you explain 
to somebody that doesn't follow the opens or whatever, um, what our qualifications are to get to the elite series. And then we'll talk about um, the big subject that's been all over um, for next year for 2023, the changes of, of how you're going to, they're switching it up on us to qualify for the elites. Yeah. So currently it's different. It seems to be changing almost every year, every couple of years. It, it hasn't been, one set way for a long time but we're back to fairly close to what it was for years and years which is there's um three divisions and three tournaments in each division there are now with our current there are three people that qualify from each division so there's nine and then there's a combined division where another three people qualify. So I think there's a total of 12 elite qualification spots currently. And um, the overall race requires you to fish all nine. And I think they get priority and any double qualifiers go down the list from the overall qualifications, which is also a change for this year. Um, and when I say this year, I mean current 2022, but, uh, I don't know. Did I get that right? Ethan, is there anything that I missed there? Nope. Nope. They're just, like I said, it's changed over the last couple of years. And then what last year, the year before it was like two divisions with four events and now it's three with three. They kind of, they've kind of moved it around, but like you said, this, the total would be 12 that could, um, except a uh, a invite to the elite series for for next year and then yeah. the proposed or now the official way for 2023 what are they doing now that's got everybody talking what would what is the change that's got everybody kind of either in an uproar or in a big favor for it? it's been a big big discussion point across the interwebs well that kind of reminds me so i think we should go back in history a little bit further to talk about the qualification process from my memory uh, um call it five years plus ago it was three divisions with three tournaments in each division and it was the top five in each division qualified um, there was no combined division back then so the reason why i bring that up is i think we've come a long way um, since those days as far as having a combined division to even qualify from. Um, the other thing is if you're any good at math, you'll realize that we lost, and I say we as, as somebody that's trying to qualify for the Elite Series, we lost three spots there too. So we used to get 15, and now it's down to 12. And I know if you talk to an Elite Series guy there <laughs> – they're on the complete opposite side of the fence. They they think 12 is too many to qualify. So I think their angler groups, um, whatever they call that, I think they're pushing to have fewer spots or, or at least have fewer guys that have to drop out or get kicked out of the Elite Series. Um, and then, obviously, from our perspective, guys that are trying to get in, we want to have as many spots as we possibly can. So. Um, but so the proposed change is, or not proposed, it is a change, 
the change that is going to take place in 2023 is that in order to qualify for the elite series, you must fish all nine Bassmaster Opens. And so that's three in the Northerns, three in the Southerns, and three in the Central Divisions. And if you just fish one of those divisions, you have no shot at qualifying for the Elite Series. But if you win a tournament and you fish all three in that division, you can still go to the Bassmaster Classic. So there is still an incentive to fish the Bassmaster Opens, even if you can't fish all nine, but it's nowhere near the incentive that it used to be. And so this gets people, I would say, the conversation on both sides of this. We'll talk about the advantages and disadvantages that we we think this this makes but the the two talking points are this is obviously yes they're the elite series guys want um which is the obviously the level above the opens that we're trying to to get to the professional level they don't want as much turnover because they feel that they've paid their due diligence they worked their way and yes they have qualified through the the rules whichever way it was the year that they qualified to get there they want to stay there longer but then also they are it's, it's, I don't know. There's, I can see it from both sides, but um, let's, let's get into the advantages here before I start rambling on. But what do you, what do you think are the advantages for, say, the league, uh, for the opens, the elite series, stuff like that? What are the advantages for the, for those guys for why this change is maybe proposed? And what advantages do you see for, for us as the, the anglers um, to where this would be a good thing? So, the the major advantages I see, the one that sticks out in my mind is that in the old qualifying process, you absolutely could and have gotten guys that are really good in one region of the United States and they fish that region, whether that's northern, central, or southern region of the opens that might just line up say guys in the Northeast, the Northern division that year might line up to where that person is only three or four hours away from home, no matter which direction the tournament goes. And that type of person could be somebody that has only fished that region, um, maybe in, in all their fishing career, they never had a reason to go down to Texas or go down to some southern largemouth reservoir that doesn't have any grass maybe they didn't you know and then once they qualify for the elite series maybe they don't they don't feel comfortable fishing down there so i think the advantage is you're qualifying um probably more well-rounded anglers and that's good for the sport because it's gonna um it's gonna improve competition and it's just gonna drive everybody to be better and um you know you won't have specialists in one region and then somebody that stinks in all the other places that they go and then for the fisherman side of an advantage obviously you're going to get well-rounded fishermen but also what i would think the advantages for the league or the fishermen say in the elite series that would get ousted or get the cutoff they have the the other theory that i've heard is that those guys have a place to go to to where they've are one fishing a basically a full season um 
to they are there, you know, just because you get kicked out of the elite series doesn't mean you suck or a bad fisherman. It's you maybe had a bad string of luck kind of thing. And they feel it's a better, a better instead of separating and having like the old FLW league now is the middle ground between the BPT and the uh, what's the, the Toyota series is the basically equivalent with the opens. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you, you skipped a, over the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit. Yeah, the Tackle Warehouse Pro time. Circuit was the old FLW. That is now your middle ground to where if you do get ousted from the BPT or get cut, you have a middle ground to still make those payouts are higher than the opens, but that's a whole different subject. But you have a place to go to where you can cut your teeth and hopefully requalify back in. So that's another positive I see from the angler standpoint from those guys that are on the um, elites coming down, but also if you do have the resources to do it, um, wouldn't you say overall fishing all of them, if you are a pretty well-rounded angler, it would be quote unquote easier to qualify then for the elites. Um, because you, instead, of, instead of beating, instead of three guys out of 225, it's now what? it's three guys out of 86, you know, just the odds wise. It's like this year, there's what 86 guys that are fishing all of them in the AOI division. So you've got to beat 86 dudes instead of 225 that are fishing your full division. Yeah. I think there's arguments that could be made either way. I think maybe if like, if you're one of those people that I was talking about, that's excellent regionally, but doesn't have experience outside of that, then it's probably going to be easier for you to qualify in your region. Yeah. But I think you preface that by saying somebody that is well-rounded, then yeah, maybe your odds are better. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that it's necessarily easier or not. It's freaking really hard, no matter which one you try and do. hundred <laughs> percent. And, and I do want to, I do want to backpedal there a little bit. So I'm I'm in no way saying that somebody that's excellent regionally couldn't be really good in other parts of the nation. It's just getting just a little bit of an experience in a couple of years of opens, I think is going to be really beneficial to that type of person just so that they can kind of see what that um, style of fishing might be in a, in a place that they're not comfortable with. So so the, want to add that. yeah no i i understand and i think it's a good good point to be made what are what are our disadvantages here for um does the league have any disadvantages um as for the opens or the qualifications of the elites like does the league have any disadvantages with switching to this and um for the anglers i kind of split it up between the two to see kind of obviously it's not a maybe not a perfect system. It's not going to appease everybody. But what are some of the disadvantages you can see from the the league or or and as us as anglers? Yeah, I've thought about this quite a bit. So, um, the the some of the problems I see are that I think attendance is going to be way down for the opens next year. We're filling 225 boat fields in all nine opens this year, pretty dang close to it. Maybe the last few tournaments of the year it won't be completely full, but it's going to be 200 boats at least, I would guess. And a waiting list. And a waiting list. And 
if you go, if you take that elite qualification incentive away, I just don't see the interest being there as it was when it was there. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe there are guys that just want to fish for the, they want to put their 1800 bucks up for the chance at winning 2800 But I, I mean, in order to make any kind of money at all, you got to be in the top 10. And I think everybody knows that. And there's just, I mean, that's a, that's a tough road to try and make money. So, so the reason why people are out there is for that carrot of qualifying for the elite series. And, and some guys are there to qualify for the classic too. Um, and so that's, yeah. Then the disadvantage, yeah, the attendance will be down, but I thought about that too, when I was writing this up and I was like some negatives for the league, obviously the more, the positives outweigh the negatives. Otherwise they wouldn't have made that change. But you know, if there's 225 guys signed up and there's still another hundred on the waiting list, so that's close to 350 boats. Do you think it's going to drop down to where you're still not going to, you're going to be at a, you're not going to drop down below 200. Do you think for, for a single division for boats? Do you think, is it going to be that drastic? Yeah, I have I have a hard time believing it's going to be over 150. Really? Wow. Because there was only 80 some guys that wanted to do all nine this year. Mm -hmm. I guess you're going to pick up maybe 50 percent more because um, there was probably some guys that were doing three or like me, they were doing six to increase their odds. But uh, now that the only way to do it only way to qualify is nine. I think you will pick up more guys than 80, but gosh, I don't see it being 200. That's and crazy. then, and then, yeah, you'll get jackpotters that come in and they want to like, so, so that's the other thing too, is it's going to turn this into like a cherry picking jackpotter or whatever you want to call it. Like you fish the, you fish the tournament that's in your backyard type of series and then so there's going to be those guys trying to do that trying to take everybody's money and then you're going to have the other 120 guys or whatever that are trying to qualify for the elite series which is going to make it a really strange i mean i kind of liked it this year the best where the only people that were in the opens basically were guys that had to sign up for all three tournaments in one division otherwise you you weren't getting in that's mm -hmm. just the way the demand worked out this year. So then that kind of eliminates that jackpot or like just going to fish the lake that's in my backyard and that's going to be the only one. And that's kind of how it was before they put the, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's how it was before. I mean, guys have always kind of been maybe a couple guys here jackpotting that kind of thing. But beforehand, when they put that carrot at the end of the stick of that qualifying for the Bassmaster Classic, if you won, it's kind of reverting back to, to beforehand where guys will maybe cherry pick a little bit more. Don't you think? hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, like, I'm not saying anything bad about anybody that does that. Like if no. they came to my backyard and there was the opportunity for me to jump in, I would absolutely do it too. Yeah. Yeah. But, you still, you still got to beat those guys no matter what anyway. 
But if I'm the guy that's in there to try and qualify for the elite series, like that's, I mean, that's not as, that's not as great having all those jackpotters in there. They're kind of taking points away and they're in there um, taking money away Mm -hmm. (laughs) potentially. Um, And it just, uh, I don't know. It makes things kind of unbalanced, I think. Yeah. If, if it's under 200, like you're thinking it, it would be, it would almost just thinking about it, it would feel like you're fishing a regular tournament back home because i mean at 225 a max field no matter where these fisheries that we go and these are have only done two of them you're still around people um which is yeah. which is crazy so it's gonna feel like you're fishing all by yourself kind of thing yeah i just i don't maybe maybe my perspective on it is jaded or something but i just don't see that many guys that are gonna fish three next year i really feel like you're kind of cutting those guys out yeah like the elite there the classic birth is still there but yeah i don't know my intuition says that there's not going to be nearly as many guys that are just trying to fish three so negatives for an angler what do we got on that side of things what are you what are you thinking um, well, I, I think the two big ones are financially, you're stepping up from three, um, being able to fish three tournaments in one division for 1800 bucks pop, you know, factor in travel and all your other expenses you might be looking at, like, uh, uh, just throwing numbers out there, like 12 to $15,000 budget or something like that to fish three. Now you have to fish all nine to qualify. You're talking about 40 plus thousand dollar budget, mm-hmm. um, which changes things dramatically. Like that's a, that's a big difference for a single year of trying. Yeah. Especially considering that a lot of guys take more than one year to qualify. And sometimes it takes several, you mm-hmm. know, so to be putting that much money up year after year, that's significant. So that's that's issue number one or problem or disadvantage. I don't know. It's obstacle number one. Um, the other thing is is there's there's a lot of guys out there that get three weeks off of work or they get four weeks off of work or they get five weeks off of work. There's not hardly anybody that holds a full-time job that gets nine weeks off work. I just don't, I mean, there's obviously so many different types of jobs that people can have. There's all sorts of different backgrounds in bass fishing and everybody's different. They all have their own situation. But, you know, if you look at a normal nine to five type of job, whether it's what you know doing whatever in a factory or you're sitting at a desk or whatever it might be i just i mean there there's not very many places that are giving you that much vacation time or if you're not in a situation where you get vacation and you're just having to take time off unpaid nine weeks is a lot of time to take unpaid and for guys that own their own businesses i mean that's what you're looking at too like you're taking nine weeks out of the year which is 
what uh 20 percent yeah 20 percent yeah, of the year two and a half months that you're missing yeah that you're taking income out like, yeah that's uh that's a serious deal i mean and that comes back to the financial side too so i mean that that makes it hard for somebody that doesn't have a lot of funding and then this brings up the other theory that is hard for me to wrap my head around is that the argument is that well this is going to force guys to get sponsorship dollars but in my mind there's not very many guys out there that are starting out in the Bassmaster Opens that are getting title sponsorship type deals where it's going to cover anywhere near that amount of entry fee money. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, some sponsor deals are definitely going to help and every little penny helps, but um, to have this idea that your sponsors are going to cover your entry fees of to the tune of $40,000, I just, I'm, Maybe I'm missing something, but I I've never heard of those types of deals for guys starting out in the opens without having proved themselves, uh, you know, being a a winner or being you know in the in the limelight. You know, I guess it makes it hard for the guys just getting started out too. Yeah, and the only that's where I was at with the disadvantage of it. Um, We'll talk about our overall thoughts here next, kind of combining, and we can, you know, go through that. But that's what I say is like, and and for for some of you people that or people listening, that if you're the local guy and you're in the southern division and you live three hours away, you may not be one division might not be attuned to twelve to fifteen thousand. But that's just the numbers that we have. Kent being from Minnesota, me being from North Dakota. I mean, we've got every drive this year is between twenty one and twenty three hours for me to fish the Northern Opens this year entry fees fuel the whole nine i mean that kind of thing that's kind of what the budget we've kind of looked at for a division uh, for me is 12 to fifteen thousand dollars. so it might be cheaper for you but forty thousand is kind of a rough shot maybe it's thirty thousand but still it's a crap ton of money when you look at it no matter if it's you know twenty to forty thousand dollars um and like you said there's where can you go to work that they're going to give you that much time off but then okay you take your sick leave you take whatever time and then you just go unpaid. Um, the only the only advantage I would see definitely here is if you owned your own business, but you have people that work for you that can still keep operations running while you're gone. For me, owning my own business, I don't. Sole proprietor, do it all myself. Um, I'm the person that calls you on the phone. I'm the person that bills you. I'm the person that does the work kind of thing. So when I leave for these tournaments, I'm gone for a week. 10 days, whatever it is, there's nobody here to, for me to, to do it. So I can see somebody that's got a long mowing business. You got 10 people behind you, you know, whatever grassroots, something like that, or something where you're running a, a company and you have people that can keep operations going. I can see that. But, but for a guy such as myself, or like you said, um, you, I don't, or work a nine to five where you don't have, I don't, I don't see that. And the, that was a good point you made. I hadn't really thought about it starting off in the opens to where you're not going to have a $30,000 worth of sponsorships and you put in 10 grand for yourself for, to make it. Um, the only people I've seen 
that would do it. Uh, Josh Douglas comes to mind, but he also had fished him for seven, eight years and had a great portfolio from a social media development and had, you know, had grown his, his thing up, but it wasn't, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but he didn't start off year one or two and have those kind of sponsor dollars rolling in, you know? So your point making that a guy hopping in the opens to try and qualify, it's not going to be, it's it's not going to be right from the get go trying to qualify for the elites because you're not going to have that kind of funding I don't think and that that was a point that I didn't I didn't even have thought of is like a guy trying to get started and you got to fish all nine right from the get go and let, I mean there's probably people that are out there that are going to do that, that we're not trying to negate that fact but it's going to be really really tough yeah and so then how does that change the career path for somebody that's coming out of college and they want to make it to the elite series. So then is, is the solution in Bass's mind? Cause obviously they don't want to lose people over to the MLF side. So is Bass's solution that if you're starting out right out of college that, you know, maybe, maybe you don't have the funding to do all nine, but you can, make it work to do three of them and then kind of develop a name for yourself and then sort of go from there. I mean, I guess that's a possibility that we didn't really discuss, but um, yeah, it's a, seems like a, a longer, harder road for sure for somebody that's just starting out. So if a college angler goes and they do well, this is yeah, this is also expert. So you're saying if a college angler does well in college, gets kind of a name for themselves, and then they can afford to fish through the school sponsors for connections they made in the industry, they go to fish three or one division, then they go to fish two divisions, kind of thing, whatever the money they have lined up. And then if they do well there, you're saying that's a way for them to combination or bring in more sponsor dollars to then make a run and fish all nine to try and qualify. Is that kind of your point you're making? It's the only other path that I can think of uh, with staying with Bassmaster. Yes. Um, I think it's a lot tougher sell because if you place fourth in the, or, or even call it third. If you if you place third in the northern division of the Bassmaster Opens next year, guess what that gets you? Absolutely nothing. A pat on the back. Thanks for fishing with us. Yep. And yeah, you might be able to sell your sponsors and say, "Hey, look, I was third in the northern division, but it it's made it kind of meaningless. Like that doesn't." That doesn't get you anything. So maybe, you know, maybe winning the division will still get some attention. You might get some coverage on Bassmaster. You might get a St. Croix Rods, whatever type of award, maybe a little trophy or something like that. But, um, but yeah, there's just not the, you know, there's going to be the three guys that qualify for the classic and, I think we all know that that is like huge for your career if you can if you can do that. Yeah. Um, so there are still going to be nine guys that get that, but uh, 
you know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a change. What was I thinking? There's a point I was trying to going to make here. Um, oh, so I preference this at the beginning of this podcast is that saying we waited one for our schedules to line up to talk about this, but two, it also gave me a chance to listen to three, four or five different other podcasts and YouTube videos and whatever to kind of see the consensus of it. So there is a theory working theory right now, conspiracy theory, whatever you call it, that within <laughs> a year or two that the, the now official in 2023 rules will be switched again to where they're going to go back to um, three or four, whatever qualifiers per division, instead of just going to all nine. Have you heard something like that? What do you think of that? I haven't heard that. Is that, was that an actual conspiracy? Like, so I have heard some conspiracies that this is somehow a way to, get anglers back from the bass pro tour yes anglers from the bass pro tour back because it's a way for them to now have a reasonable um unit to to kind of transition over obviously you know it, it'll take a lot of good fishing to work but it's a more more better it's a better avenue for those guys to switch over either fish both the bpt whatever mlf style stuff mlf tournaments and bass to transition over but also since this is this is a first cut in a couple years because of covid um they're saying it's a another way it's a double-edged sword or um for both units with guys that are now making a big cut from the elites it's a way for them to bounce back in quicker per se that's kind of the working theory so once they've got the transition, quote unquote, from uh, MLF guys that want to come over, big cut from the elites, all the top guys are happy. Then they're going to switch the qualifying back to way it originally was. Is kind of the working conspiracy theory that I've kind of pieced together. And some guys have even kind of come out and said it, that this won't last for longer than a year or two. Um, I... I'd like to think that they have the angler in mind with these changes. And I hope that's the way it is. Not some, you know, um, self-serving reason to get the stars back to the elites. Like, so I, I hope that is just a conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I <laughs> because, just because, the other way to think about it is that it's to try and make the elite series better with more well-rounded anglers and people that aren't going to feel like significant financial hardships their first year because they struggle so hard once they're outside of their region. That's the story that I want to buy into. Yeah. This other Bass Pro Tour thing, it all tracks. It makes perfect sense. Certainly could be. Who knows? Maybe it's a combination of both. Yeah, because I, I kind of pieced it together to his talk, and some had even come out and said it, and then you're just watching all the the social media stuff, and you know who it could be a bunch of smoke, but that's what they're saying is that, and some are saying it doesn't even make sense from a business standpoint why you not like you even said where if we're going to go say under 200 boats per 
um, not even full division or full fields per tournament. Why would Bass do that? That's kind of where their conspiracy theory kind of thing sparked is that it doesn't make sense from a business standpoint to where they'd be losing money. But which in the end, what, like you said, we would be buying what I, like I said, I want to buy into as well is that you're getting better rounded anglers for the elites that it's going to make for better. Those anglers that qualify, it's going to be better for them um, per se to, to make it that way. Um, and then be there, be there longer. Instead of that really regional guy, he made it, he gets there, he fishes his two or three years, whatever the cut combination is, because they change that all the time too. Now you're back down and that guy really can't make it again. Um, so you have less, um, turbidity there at the bottom of the cut list. And so you get a, you're getting the better anglers in there, more competitive field, stuff like that. That's, I think where you and I are in consensus, where we want that, to be the hopefully be the story but i guess you know in the future we'll find out yeah and it could be too that their forecast says that they're going to have no problem filling 225 boat fields uh again next year even with these changes mm-hmm. because if i'm the person that's looking at the numbers and i see that there is a hundred people on each of the waiting lists that you know there there's a good chance that i'd still be able to fill a a division even though this bleed series qualification is changing and those people would even be able to know too on those lists and say okay joe blow over here was wanting to fish the centrals he's on a waiting list but he's also waiting list on the 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 northerns so this guy was going to try and fish two divisions anyway or he was going to fish whatever you know what i mean so they might be able to cross reference and see that there are still guys that are on waiting lists that are still trying to fish multiple divisions and banking that a certain percentage of those guys will come back to try and fish multiple divisions again even though you know it takes three to to qualify yeah there yeah three divisions qualify that kind of thing so what are your overall thoughts on this i'd like to talk about your overall thoughts what we you know kind of a synopsis of kind of maybe where you started when you heard this thing come down the pipe now we've had time to think about it talk about it i know we've kind of talked about advantages disadvantage your overall thoughts my overall thoughts and then we'll kind of discuss if we if there are some things maybe we don't see eye to eye or agree on and kind of give some good good pointers there too yeah so i guess my opinion hasn't really changed from the first time i heard it i feel like i feel like it is a good direction for the elite series i think it's going to make the competition even better and i think it will qualify more well-rounded anglers i think just having three shots um could be somebody that gets on a streak if you fish nine tournaments you know the more the more at bats you have the better idea of where a person is going to be as far as their level um, just because of the law of averages, I guess. But um, yeah, I I mean, I, I think it is, I think it's a good thing um, from that perspective. What about a personal side of things then? So from a personal side, I guess, Kind of the same story as what I alluded to earlier is like, I don't know how a person is 
expected to really make this work with, you know, no income and, um, you know, having to take that much time to do it, it makes you be a full-time angler, but you're not getting the incentive of being an elite series or a best pro tour or tech warehouse pro circuit angler where there's, you know, where there are full-time anglers, um, you're not getting the benefit of the TV coverage and you're not getting the benefit of, uh, title sponsorship deals and all the money that, um, potentially, potentially can come your way. And I, I know, I know people talk about how the first couple of years that like sponsors aren't going to come knocking on your door anyway, when you qualify for the elite series, but now let's just make, you know, now it just extends it. It feels like where through the whole qualification process and then the first couple of years in the elite series while you're still proving yourself like that's a long period of time to be spending that much money and potentially not earning as much as you were um, without having that burden so <clears throat> also yeah, the, I, the other point that I heard is that if they're going to do this one the point you, ta- you touched on they haven't announced anything this, but this is some of the other sonics I heard is that if they're going to do this, obviously that they are, they should one increase TV coverage. Uh, they also the bass did come out and say that they're going to do more articles and pictures on the guys that are going to fish all nine, give you publicity that way. But uh, one TV coverage, so you can then prove to your sponsors via clicks through the uh, website, through the photo galleries, and then obviously TV numbers are a good hard concrete sell for advertising for your sponsors and two they gotta increase somewhat the payouts because like you said you're fishing as a full-time angler traveling that much away from work and the payouts in the opens frankly suck and so when you're only paying the top 40 and you're what the first 10 spots maybe get your money back for entry fee obviously not for nothing else do you need to increase the tv coverage and increase the payouts in the opens for that somebody can then afford to do it because even if you get at some point even if you get your you know perfect world you get your um, coverage you get your forty thousand dollars worth of sponsorship you're gone for nine weeks say you're you're making i don't know top 20s and stuff like that as of right now you're not making a dime even if you're making top 20s if you're fishing all nine so that's the two other points that i had heard is that they need to do that to make it equivalent to like you are fishing as a full-time angler yeah i I agree with that and i really feel like especially with this format now the only way to qualify is to make this full-time gig Mm -hmm. so but then here's the other question is with the payouts and stuff how can you afford to make a how can you afford you got a family you got kids you got a house you got a car you got trucks you know whatever you got a boat payment you got a boat payment insurance to make how are you going to do that with the payout structure it is you're gone for nine weeks you're fishing a full-time i mean like the numbers you know your numbers guy as of right now they really don't add up they don't and even if you're even if you're a young guy that doesn't have any commitments and doesn't have a wife and doesn't have kids and whatever you know doesn't have mortgage doesn't have those responsibilities maybe you don't even have rent the numbers still don't work out like uh uh 
$40,000 expense is equivalent to like a, what, a $70,000 income after taxes. I mean, yeah, that, that doesn't just come for a work, um, you know, but yeah, that's you're spending the average, what is it? It's around the average of the American middle-class income for a year for one person <laughs> at 40,000, you're spending their year's wages in nine weeks. Yeah, per se. So <clears throat> my overall thoughts on I'm right on there with you. When I first heard it, I said, this is going to make better English for the league. This is going to be a good thing for for the elite series. And my position hasn't changed on it. Um, I, I never like being the person in the gray area, as you know, straight black and white, say what I think have a position but here i'm in the gray area because as a league standpoint i think it's good as a personal standpoint it sucks and i think you and i are we've talked about this off air before is that um there is the you know the chance of qualifying was always there you know even after the first couple tournaments if you don't have a good outing like i did for my first year the chances is done for me but i'm still going to the upper chesapeake bay to learn the area but say next year or the year after, I have enough money to fish all three, and I do do that. I do put a good stretch of tournaments together. You put a good stretch of tournaments together. You could qualify. Like, there is that chance. And for us, we're, we're not regional guys, you know what I mean? We're from the Midwest, the North Midwest, whatever, North Dakota, Minnesota, like I said. You know, we're not local regional guys. You may have fished down there for some kind of BFL or regional tournament or something or went fun fishing down there or something like that's it would be your only experience or you fished an open there before. Um, so there that chance is now gone. Um, gone. And so um, I was actually listening to BTL and this is the only guy I've heard that says negative about it that I've seen. I know there's a couple other guys, but David Mullins had a... Um, comment on btl briefly talked about is that he's not for the change because as being a school teacher that he did of course he's a phenomenal local angler he made the elite series fishing three or four tournaments of one year in the summer from being a school teacher he said he had just started teaching history the following summer aaron martins and him were good really good friends aaron said i think you should try it he then qualifies to make the elite series and now you take a regional guy, and now he's made a huge career out of it and has fished for many, many years now on the Elite Series. So that's the only guy that I've seen or heard of on like a podcast thing. I know there's been a couple other guys talking about it on Facebook and when it first came out, that kind of thing, um, that verbalized it. And he's he's got a good, good point. Um, there are contradictions to that. The quote-unquote working man that you hear. The working man guy that's on the chat boards talking all the time, he's not the guy that's even entered one of the Bassmaster Opens. You know, there's good and bad on both sides, I can see. But as of right now, for me, um, as of next year, uh, there is probably a 0% chance I can make the Elite Series because I can't come up with $40,000 um, to, to make it. So I understand it's good for the league. For me, it sucks because now there's, you know, it. it we had talked about this before, it sets – it sets a guy back multiple years now because I took three years to get enough money set up to fish this year and still had to pay more than half, more than a full tournament out of my own pocket. So three years, two and a half years to get here to fish. 
to even get to one division. And now how many years now is it going to take me from saving up and trying to grind out the sponsor game to get money, which is the hardest thing to get from a company to prove to them that I'm worth it. And now have to try to get to nine. Like, that's the question for me. How long is it going to take? And I, I don't know, you know, like I said, it took two and a half years to get here. How long is it going to take to try and go from three to nine and have it at least mostly paid for to where I can afford to take it out of my um, personal money to pay for it if I don't have the full uh, sponsorship support? I don't know the answer to that question, but that's the one that's popping up in my head all the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm real. I'm real curious to hear people's stories about how they are making it work. I think I think this is going to be a major change in the process and where there's a will there's a way I, I you know I I'm not losing sight of my goal of someday making the elite series but for me personally it, this might be a, a little shift in the direction that I take on that path and um, yeah and similar to you I don't I don't see how and you know, I haven't rolled anything out. I haven't seen the schedule for next year. I, I don't I don't have all the information yet, but I don't see how I can make all nine work for next year. But um, you know, uh, there are other there are other ways to do it, you know, like we're talking about making a name for yourself in some other division. There are Toyota series that a person can fish still. There are single divisions of Bass Masters that a person can fish still. So those are all options that are weighing in my mind. And and you know, maybe you can make a big enough name for yourself fishing local stuff too. I I can't really think of an example of a person that has. I, I can think of examples of people that have made a lot of money locally, and maybe that's the thing to do is win a ton of money locally. <laughs> tear things up in a summer or two and then and then you've got uh and then you've got some financial backing to make a run at the elite series i i don't know i think it yeah i think this just really shifts the the way that um people are going to go about it the only person that i can think of and maybe this is just the conspiracy theory uh <laughs> rattling around in my head but the only person that i think that can make this work is the person that already has sponsorships contracts lined up. They get the buy-in from their sponsors that, you know, they're going to make the move to the elite series and um, they'll, you know, maybe get a couple of years to give it a go. And, and, you know, maybe that, maybe that lines up pretty nice for, for the guys that are already, touring professionals that have contracts or this is the guy that's been fishing could afford to fish two divisions maybe with some of his money but mostly say mostly sponsor money or whatever the combination may be he's close to that number that he needs to fish all nine and then he just said okay this is what i need to do and went out and got on the phone use your contacts and can go out and then either non-endemic or endemic and then he got to that next hump you know what i mean maybe he's not at zero but he's already he's been dabbling around with that enough money lined up to where he went out and grinded it out and got it lined up for next year i could see that portion of it yeah he may not be fully equipped um to do it but went out and found found 
the the way to do it. So this, your comment was actually pretty funny that I was actually thinking of this question to ask you when you talked about locally. So what's your opinion now? Um, thoughts. I'm not saying you're going to do this. I'm not saying I'm going to do this. But what are your thoughts on um, trying now to, say, pull back from uh, a year of fishing, the Toyotas, the Opens, that kind of thing? And trying to, one, maybe put some money aside, but also dominate or be competitive enough at your local level to where you can at least prove to, say, local sponsors in your area or my area or whatever, or companies that you've, or you already use their products and prove at the local level that, hey, this is this. I've already I've already fished some of the opens. I've done that. I've had to come back here to readjust because of, of the new um, format changes. What are your thoughts on on staying local and and fishing, per se, for for you or somebody in a position like as you you and I come back fish local, do that for a year or two, and then try it and and obviously you're gonna have to win, you're gonna have to catch them, kind of thing. But then you can prove to your local sponsors that the dollar amount may not be as much as you want because your exposure is a lot smaller. But then say you get we're able to reach out, get some companies on board, maybe a 50% discount or for some free product. And then said, Hey, this is, you get a good working relationship and then say, Hey, I've got bigger dreams than this. And then move forward in a year to something like that. What, what are your thoughts on that? I know it's kind of, it feels like a step backward, but um, instead of going, you're at step two and you go to step one, maybe you can go from one to four and the next one, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think, I think parts of that sound good. Um, I do, I do really feel like it's a step backwards, and I want to preface that by saying that there are there are some guys that just fish locally that are extremely talented anglers, and they could absolutely throttle a lot of guys that are good opens anglers. But I think the point there is that it's a different discipline. It takes, it takes a different mindset. It takes a different set of skills to fish the regional events or the national events like the Bassmaster Opens than it does to just fish around the house. You know, it, it takes, it takes, uh, you, you have to scrape from a whole different um, will to, to succeed in sacrifice a lot more things to fish um nationally or regionally like in the opens than you do locally like you you don't get to sleep at home you don't get to be with your wife you don't get to be with your kid that's growing up and you have to miss things like you you get to be around a lot more and it's it's some of those things that separate the guys that are equipped to do it and the guys that aren't, you know, um, it, it doesn't boil down to just fishing skills and fishing abilities when you're talking about touring on the Bassmaster Elite Series or even on the Bassmaster Opens. It's there's there's more to it than just that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a factor that you have to consider when when thinking about that. Um, <clears throat> but you know, as far as like proving yourself locally and maybe scrounging up a little bit of extra income to 
put in towards the next year, I, I, I'm on board with that idea for sure. Because there's there, I don't know, I'm stuck in the middle because I listen to podcasts and talk to guys, you know, talk to a few guys locally here. Um, a lot of people don't see the point in jumping to your regional or national level tournaments if you haven't, you know, proved yourself and dominated locally. And then on the other hand, um, which I can understand, you know, do a lot of guys you listen to on the podcast or the YouTube videos or whatever you get your media, bass fishing media from, it's prove yourself here, prove yourself here, prove yourself here, then make the jump, then make the jump. Or you go on the other thing is like me fishing my local lake that I've, you know, the club has fished or, you know, you're touring around your state have fished multiple times and you're fishing against 50, 60 guys. How's that going to help me to flip? a hundred foot floating docks on Smith Lake. You know what I mean? And that's kind of the mindset that I thought of to where I basically fish club events for two or three years, never even fished any state events, jumped to the opens as a co-angler, co-angler now to boater. Half the stuff that I've seen in the first two years, two and a half years as a co-angler and now fishing as a boater, like hardly any of the stuff that I fished besides maybe some things on Oneida because there was grass had nothing to do with what I fished at home. Um, now regionally and stuff like that, I understand that. So it can change, but my, I don't know what I'm trying to get at is like, there's two big grains of thought and I don't know how I feel about either one of them. Um, I feel like they're both right and they're both wrong at the same time. One fishing locally, working way up and going, or just jumping to a national stage and, and doing that because I don't know, that's just a different, a different thought process on that as well. I don't know what you think about that or if that made any sense. Yeah, it does. It makes total sense. And, um, I always fall back to uh, I'm kind of more in Ken Duke's camp where his recommendation that I've heard the guys on BTL or heard him talk about on BTL is that if you want to qualify to be a professional angler, you need to fish at the highest level that you can possibly fish uh, as much or for as long as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the ticket to making it as a pro. Is <laughs> just fishing the highest level that you possibly can. He said, "There's nothing. There's no proof to working your way up. There's no proof to now. You know, it, arguments can be made all day long that is one way the right way to do it versus you know doing it a different way, the right way to do it or whatever, but." Um, I guess I I, I kind of see his point that you you only have a certain amount of time to really make it work and um, you should uh, you know put put your uh, best chances in fishing the highest level that you possibly can. Same thing that a gentleman from Oklahoma told me when I was pre-fishing with him as a co-angler. He said you need to get here. That's what he told me my last year, last year when I was fishing as a practicing with him as a co-angler. He said, you need to figure out a way to get here, you know, the mm-hmm. highest level that you can afford. Get here, cut your teeth, make a name for yourself. And he said, um, they may not come running to your door, but you'll at least have a leg to stand on in um, presenting yourself to sponsors or companies that you want to partner with because you not only from, you know, a point for that is too, is you may um you may be fishing and uh 
doing all right or doing somewhat good. You're not winning. You're not top tanning. You're not top fiving. But you've, he said, the leg you have to stand on is that you're here. You know, you've traveled 20 some hours away from your house. You did what you talked about, the sacrifices that make it that higher level. You're away from your kids, your family, your wife. You're missing moments with your with your kids. And um, if the sponsors truly understand what it takes to fish at that level, they will see that no matter what this person, guy or gal, is dedicated to to get there. And that's what I was told. And that's kind of my basis of my opinion opinion and what i'm trying to do with my career is not necessarily fish stuff at the local level even though i'd like to as much but um try and make it to the highest level you can afford to because if if you if you have and show some sort of success you're you're going to have a bigger leg to stand on per se for what you want to accomplish kind of mm-hmm. thing so that's where my opinion comes from is what i've been told a couple of years ago or last year for sure sounds like the same page yeah Definitely. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. We tried to our best to explain what we're what um the rules are now if you don't keep up with the per se the rules or the format and stuff from when Kenny and I are um doing our tournaments. Hope you understand the changes that are coming up and then kind of uh Kenny and I's opinion on either or two for um for it or against it. One for the league standpoint, one for us personal side as as fishermen. Um, kind of ending on that, Kent. Do you know what you're doing next year? I know this is one of the things we talked about. That I was going to ask you what is what is 2023. I know we're getting down here. It's already getting towards the end of August. Basically, if you're not aware, in the fishing season, fall, you know, August, September, maybe October, like budgets are being set for next year because basically fishing's off season is somewhat November, December, January, and then their season kicks off right away in February. So they have their budget set here in the fall. And a lot of times the schedules don't come out until October or some years, November. So we as fishermen kind of have to have our I's dotted and T's crossed here in the fall to make plans for the next year. And as of right now, on we record this on August 24th. Do you have plans? What do you know what your plans are for next year in 2023? Yeah, so the saying that I always go back to is I didn't come this far to quit. And I don't know that the path is going to look the same as it maybe did in my head at one point. But I'm going to keep pushing forward and uh, I don't have a concrete like this is <laughs> this is my exact path and this is what I'm doing next year at this very moment. But I assure you I'm going to keep pushing the goal forward and um, try my absolute hardest to do everything that I can to make it. That's kind of the the same thing I'm at. I don't have an answer. Um, kind of we're probably in the exact same boat as like waiting for the schedule to come out, uh, maybe for the Bassmaster Opens, maybe for some different leagues that are out there and kind of, kind of be able to weigh, weigh our – options from uh, funding and sponsorships and then also the trails and expenses and all that stuff so there's a lot of a lot of numbers i can see will be crunched here in the next two to three months um and decisions will be waited but like you said the all-in goal um i want to fish on the bassmaster elite series i want to fish in the bassmaster classic but i'm also not closed off to fishing the toyota series 
you know, the old FLW, the BPT, if it, you know, I, I, I just want to fish professionally and be able to make a living um, doing it. Um, obviously the elite series gets you to the classic the classic seems to be, and is the king of all bass fishing for the Super Bowl bass fishing. But for me, if I can scratch and claw and try and find any way in the industry to where I can make a living to where I am enjoying it, um, that kind of thing, that's kind of where my path may be squiggly to get somewhere. But, um, yeah, as of right now, before, I do not. Go ahead. Before you finish up, I have one question for you. Oh, God. <laughs> what about the NPFL? Where is your head at on that? We haven't talked about that all night. It seems like besides besides what your plans are, my plans are, that seems like an option that could be really attractive to a lot of guys that are getting displaced because of the time off or because of the money or whatever i think you have a lot better chance of well i i guess i haven't cracked i haven't crunched the numbers on that but you might have a better chance of making some money from tournament winnings in the mpfl it's a higher entry fee but potentially better pay payback ratio and are they they do seven or eight events or is it nine uh I'm pretty sure it's five regular season and one championship. It could be six and seven, but it's right around there. It's fewer than nine for sure. And they're spaced out. They're yep. spaced out. So you wouldn't have to take them all, like some of the opens, like you've done back to backs and stuff like that, or, you know, for division wise, they've got backs to backs. They're spread out higher entry fee. Um, the one thing I see that happens in the NPFL that does not happen in the opens is you can make a name for yourself as in from like TV coverage and they, they make, what do they call them? Um, like the FLW, they always, the contradiction between Bass, the elite series and FLW was the elite series made superstars like from coverage and stories and drama and all this stuff for the FLW. It seemed like this is from what people have told me and, and I've listened to podcasts on is that they didn't, they didn't, cultivate a superstar per se persona the npfl does a very good job from their live coverage to um their social media standpoint to where they are promoting their dudes that were no name guys when they first kicked off last year now they are names that you are familiar with within a year 100%. turnaround and so i think if you're comparing the opens to the npfl right now from being able to make your brand of Kent Middlestead and Ethan Preston, a actual entity. I think the NPFL does a better job. Obviously you're going to pay a higher entry fee. Um, but that crunching the numbers, maybe that is, and I don't know how you get in there. If you have to sign up, is that something that we can just apply for or. I, th I think at this point it's an application. Yep. There is no like qualifying series yeah. or anything like that. I think you just apply and. To my understanding, they haven't had full fields, so it might just be a thing where if you got the sixty thousand or thirty thousand dollar check, you can just hand it over and put your money up and try competing against those guys. And to your point, I think a hundred percent they've made names for guys like I. I didn't know who John Soakup was before the MPFL, and 100%. he. Keep in keep mind, like he made a household name for himself long before he started fishing the opens. Like everybody yeah. already knew who he was when he started fishing the opens. And then same with Kevin Rogers. I, I wouldn't have known Kevin Rogers, but now he's like killing it in the MPFL and he's got a great name for himself. So, I mean, that, 
and they've got some they've got some good commentators and their website is legit and they've got live coverage and i mean seems like a viable option i would i have a feeling we've talked about this off air is that the mlf will have an insurge of people going over wouldn't be surprised if the mpfl had a, a, a upsurgent of people applying for it because if you're already fishing two divisions you're fishing six events you know, maybe spending close into thirty thousand dollars the way it is. Why don't you up the entry fee, spend your thirty thousand dollars roughly, and fish five events, have more time off, and be able to go go that route? And it may be something that we need to sit down and and crunch the numbers for it. <clears throat> maybe that's an option to do. You fishing, you're fishing less, but have obviously it's hard to put a number on coverage and exposure. Um, fishing less, but your payouts are 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 better because as of right now. With the payouts, unless you're finishing in the top 10 consistently, which is very, 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 very hard to do in the opens, you're not making it like you can't make a living doing it. And so that's that's a very good question um, for the MPFL and something I really had, hadn't thought about. We hadn't even talked about it. And that's uh, definitely don't overlook those guys for sure. Yep. So, well, I want to thank Kenny. Thank you for coming back on the episode. Uh, we're about out of time here, but uh, – Make sure you guys check out the Road to Pro series on the Preston Outdoors channel. We've got the James River videos all up from practice, tournament, and uh, recap videos. Oneida Lake, we finished up here a few weeks ago. Those are going to be up here soon. And then we're going to be up at the Upper Chesapeake with three more videos coming to you as well. Um, look forward to that event and check out Kenny's, all his social media is mine as well. And we'll keep you up to date on where we're at and that kind of thing. Kenny, thanks again for coming back on the pop. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. Good times. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. And uh, make sure you guys leave a comment below and let me know what you guys thought.